AG1 is a comprehensive and convenient blend of over 70 high quality ingredients. And what that means is each morning when I wake up, before I do anything else, I drink AG1 to set me up for the day. It keeps me clear headed, full of energy and focused on whatever I need to do, like writing the fighting cock, for example. One scoop once a day before breakfast and that's it. I've actually found that I've not been needing coffee in the morning to get me started. I've still been drinking coffee because I love coffee, but it's not because it's like a necessity to do so. AG1 is made out of the highest quality ingredients subject to the strictest manufacturing standards. AG1 is NSF certified for sport and this process involves exhaustive testing and verification that every serving of AG1 is exactly what you see on the label. If you want to take ownership of your health, try AG1 and get a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free AG1 travel packs for your first purchase. Go to drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock. That's drinkag1.com forward slash the fighting cock to get started. And to help the podcast. Thank you very much. Have a great day and enjoy the show. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners or renters coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. Podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. In this episode of The Fighting Cock, we talk about going back to where Lane, Bardi and T both spent their Sundays walking around the new stadium. We talk about Burnley and how fucking shit they are. Woolwich in a cup. And um, whether or not Oliver Skip is a chair sniffer. It's The Fighting It's episode 37, season 8 of the Fighting Cup podcast. Today I'm joined by Buddy. Hello. And we've got Felonius Filth. Hello, good evening. Hot. Oh, uh, hot, is that the right word? Uh, straight. You, you lot went to the Spurs Stadium. <laughs> fresh from your visit to the Spurs Stadium. Yeah, um, We're going to obviously talk about Dortmund, Burnley, and uh, other bits and pieces. We'll in the cup on Wednesday. But I want to know what it was like because we've been waiting for it for so long. Um, obviously, the kind of expectation is through the roof now. Uh, you were among the first 6,000 to get in and have a look. Yeah. What are your first impressions of the new stadium? Oh, just wow. Um, I've been saying on Instagram and on Twitter all, all day, since yesterday, that it's difficult to convey what we saw and what we felt with what we saw. Um, when I put a cheesy video of me seeing it for the first time. It wasn't cheesy, it was great. 
Well, yeah. I mean, for me, I thought it was cheesy, but I thought people should be able to see my reaction to it. Yeah. And it just takes their breath away. It's just fucking massive, and it's ours, and it's home. It's, it's our home, and um, oh, I, I just can't wait. Paul Hawksby on t- uh, TalkSport earlier today said it was weird. It was like White Hart Lane if we won the lottery. Yeah, on steroids, yeah. yeah. People would have said White Hart Lane on steroids, yeah. Yeah. It, it, is, it is pretty much that. Um, the weird thing about it is you, I was on the bus coming up Seven Sisters High Road, and it was immediately it was, it was visible, whereas before White Hart Lane kind of was hidden, and then it was only when you got really close to it, pum, it kind of yeah, popped up. Yeah, it's like the, the rusty girders would just yeah. break yeah. out from the edge. I mean, I can quite imagine, like, Arsenal-West Ham fans being escorted up, and they can see, like, the Coliseum there, mm. right in front of them, and they can see where they're being marched to. I wanted to ask about that, because the old White Hart Lane had that beautiful corner where away fans would be marched into. Where are the away fans sitting now? Is it Paxton. Okay, so it's opposite. The Paxton equivalent. So, yeah. what is the the layout like? Is it very open? or No, there's a lot more space. It's not as tight. If you can imagine, the stadium has just been kind of pushed, like, 20 metres that way. Mm. And the, the gap between that the Venn and the hair. Sorry. If anyone knows that tight corner between Bell and hair and the stadium, that's gone. It's now kind of, there's an open area there now. So, um, it's not quite as tight. They won't have to be funnelled through quite as much. Yeah, they're going to be... Followed in through from the Northumberland Parkway, and um, fans you know the area fairly well. Um, the Bill Nick will be the away pub. Um, you went to your seats in the Park Lane. What is that single tier stand like? Oh, I mean, I think where myself and Bardi are sitting aren't, re- aren't really in the it's true, true, edge cop- it, more, more on the edge. But I went to where um, a few of my good mates were sitting there, sit like behind the goal, and they got the rail seating. Which is um, there for the first thirty or so rows, and is it massive? It's going to be it's, it's fucking huge. But then <laughs> something else I've, I pointed out was um, it's just so close to the pitch. There's no space for flag wavers behind the goal. Yeah. So you'd be yeah. happy to know that there's not going to be any flag waving when you get a goal. I, know, I noticed that from the video you took of it, it being so close. Yeah, and, yeah. The, and and the corners. Um, I think only Old Trafford have it like that, where there's barely any space to take a corner. Yeah, mm. it's like, like in Old White Hart Lane, where it was kind of like that little slope. And that yeah. was it. That's it. They they really kept that, and it, even I'm row fifty two in the corner, so quite high up, higher up than I than I thought I was. And now I'm fucking gutted that I should have maybe spent three hundred quid more and gone fucking lower instead of being a tight ass back in back in the day. But it's um it's really tight, and even though I was I'm that high up, it still feels I'm close to the did, stadium. Did you give yourself a moment to imagine what it would be like when there's sixty one thousand people in there? Yeah, um, I mean. Um, Good mate of ours, Jason, just screamed out Yadami. People shouted out Yadami back. And um, from the few, from the little bit of noise it generated, I thought it keeps the noise in quite well. So just imagining, mm. you know, you know, the Spurs go final up against um, a European giant. Mm. You know, when the Spurs has gone for the, like, the 10th time in a row. Yeah. Just imagining the crowd swaying. It's just, you, you can almost visualise it all. The, the acoustics are something special. That, As T said, maybe 20 or 30 people were shouting at the same time and the stadium properly held the noise. Really? Yeah. yeah. Um, oh, fuck, what was I going to say? Uh, and also, I think the most important thing is where we, we haven't had at Wembley is we you get to create an identity for the stadium as well. So the fans that sit in the park lane and the shelf mm-hmm. and Paxton will have their own identity. And I think it's really important because it's something that Spurs fans have tried to hold on to. And you still hear like we're the park lane, we're the shelf, but there's no discernible area where people sit while at Wembley. Whereas at Wild Lane, there will be again. 
I think that's crucial. And I, I, I know this is like a modern modern stadium, and they have to make it modern to to cater for like us as modern people. But it still feels like a football stadium, and it still retains that kind of feeling of White Hart Lane without without kind of shitting over its memory. That there, even though that, that guy said it, it does feel like White Hart Lane, but it, it has just been kind of improved and vamped up. Everything that was wrong with White Hart Lane in terms of facilities, mm. they've just they just sorted it out. Ramped up, I mean, you know, yeah. they lose. Um, obviously, there's more bars to, to serve people. But there were only 6,000 people yesterday, so it'd be interesting to see when there's, well, in the south, mm. 17,500 people wanting a beer at the same time. <coughs> yeah, yeah. That, that goal line bar, it goes on forever. It, it, I don't know how, what was it, 60 metres or something? Was this in the, in the... In the south stand. South they have stand the, that's yeah. the only stand that was open. Right, right. Yeah. right. What? They have a goal line bar which just... You peek down the end of it and it goes on forever and there's just beer taps all the way. Did you see the kind of mural on the floor, the kind of where the... Centre circle yeah. was. We were told about that. Because um, there's pictures flying around. About yeah. Um, so Bill Nick is actually well buried either below or around the centre circle mm-hmm. of the old stadium. And they've moved that to the centre circle of the new stadium. Yeah. Wow. So they so. dug him up and put him back. Exhumed. 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 Don't dug him up. There is Bet. Spill Nick. <laughs> so you're excited now. You you must have the kind of bit between your teeth to get back. Or? I'm excited, but this question kind of brings you on the next point. So NL underscore is ours on Twitter. Says, Finish the season at Wembley, or getting in, or getting to the new stadium ASAP this season. Some of my mates say we should have an adjustment period, like it would cost us points in the new ground. But I couldn't disagree more. I think playing back at, well, at the new White Art Lane would give the whole club of, and the fans a huge boost. Um, and someone also messaged me this on Instagram about uh, maybe we should just see the season out at Wembley. But I think if you've gone to, if if you were there yesterday, I, don't, I can't say you would hold that point of view still. It's like, yeah, you know, it's like I don't know, it's like seeing all all the drugs and women in the world. And you go back to your, like mundane. Your wife. <laughs> no, 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 I'm not gonna say wife. <laughs> but your mund, you know, your mundane shit. You know, you got all the. Gold you, over there, yeah. yeah. You can't, you, you, you can't yeah. want to go back after seeing that yesterday. You can't. There's a serious issue at the moment at Wembley. People aren't going to the games. Yes, yeah, massive. I mean, I, I don't know. I haven't got the stats, but I think the build-up to Christmas last year, that we were getting more than. I know it's been capped, but I think Much we were getting better. more. Than I mean, we we're not getting, getting anywhere near the fifty-one thousand. There was. I was at Southampton. It was dead. I think I took the refund for Burnley, but I wouldn't have done that last year. Yeah. But this year, I'm. You know, I, Wembley's great for me to get home from, but I'm fed up with it. Well, last year, I think we knew. Well. At the time, we thought we knew that the following season was going to be at the new stadium, so we just kind of dealt with it. We thought, well, mm. I mean, me and you in the same position, the first season, the season ticket, I always thought, you know, got a season ticket, I'm going to every game I possibly can, because yeah. this, is, this is what we've wanted all the years we went as members, this is what we wanted. But this year, I'm a bit like, well, I can't be fucking honest. I didn't go, I didn't go to the Burnley game. Um, but, you know, there is a, the box park is just has now opened in Wembley, so that might make things a bit better for the few games we have left, somewhere to congregate and have yeah. a few beers. Yeah, but it's inside the stadium that's the issue, isn't it? No, no, absolutely. Um, it's not a football stadium. No. It's not a football stadium at all, but yesterday... A club football stadium, or you just don't think it's... Just a football stadium, generally, I mean... And, yeah, and that's what I really want to convey to people, that it does feel like a football stadium. It doesn't feel like a multi-use... I know the, the big know fear be, yeah, of but... NFL and concerts made us fear like... Fuck. Concerts are going to be fucking immense. Yeah, that, that <laughs> it's not going to be good for football, but it's going to be great for football, and as T says, for a concert, it will actually be really good as well. I mean, I mean so yesterday, um, when they get up at Seven Sisters and you're walking down the road, I just feel it all flooding back to me, and... Um, 
you know, for those who have seen Instagram, so I, w I really wanted to try and get that across when I was taking videos walking up the road because people who have done that walk for the last, well, 50 or so years or 30 or so years, that walk is just, you know, you're walking yeah. towards the game, all the fans are there, some of them yeah. are all scarfed up and some of them are, you know, looking a bit moody. Yeah. And by this time, you can see the stadium in the distance. Yeah. You've not had that before. As Bart said, you only see it when you're right near it. And it's should, just... Um, should create a sense of foreboding for I'd, the way I just felt shivers yeah. seeing it. And it's just like, it's so, um, it's so twee. Me saying this shit, but that's genuinely how I felt. That, that's the way football um, should make us feel, T. But yeah, the fact that it isn't tweet. Because I, I was going to be all stoked, so yeah, it's all right. Yeah, but yeah. I wanted to, I just <laughs> go, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to start smiling. Yeah. This looks amazing. The well, the fact that you're saying brilliant. this and you look so excited, because for those that, everyone who know, you're one of the most contrary people I've ever yes. met. You love to just go against the grain. I couldn't this time. Well, which, is, which is great, which mm. means that. Daniel Levy, the work he's done and the criticism he's faced, you know, it's perhaps worth it. Yeah, I mean, so sorry, and also there's no USB points in the in the seats, which is really good. What? Why? What was that? Because people wanted it, like to charge their phones. To charge their fucking phones, it's not there. There's no. They haven't. They haven't pandered towards the um, the modern football fan in that kind of sense. Do They've still kept some traditions there. Do you think there is any risk of? Uh, uh, the transitional period hate, uh, harming Tottenham season. No, I, I don't think so. We um, we transitioned from White Hart Lane, which was a stadium we never lost in, to Wembley, and we had a, a couple of TV shows. We did issues. all right. We did all right in the end. I'm continuing we'll to do all right. Now. Yeah, I think that like I, I said this before going into Wembley, but I think that a, a team as good as ours and a manager as good as he is, that a changing environment doesn't hinder his progress, and you see that from our away form. And I think actually playing at Wembley has helped our away form because we're used to playing in different circumstances. I think we've got still remain the the best away record in the top five leagues in Europe. Yeah. So I don't think there's there's any issue, and I think I, I agree with T that if there is a room full of women and money and beer and gear, that, <laughs> that you'll be mad not to go into it because you're comfortable at home. No, exactly <laughs> that. I mean, the pitch size. Um, I'm not going to try and say what I thought I've read because I'd probably get it wrong but the pitch is bigger than it is, was at the old White Hart Lane but I think as you've alluded to the last two seasons have shown that we can play anywhere mm. and still, still get the results so it'll be our home we'll know where, how the ball bounces in different places um, it would be interesting to see how the players have reacted to seeing it because they must have seen it if I've seen it then they've obviously yeah, yeah, been yeah. around I'm sure it'll come out in the next couple of weeks if they have a bad result they'll, they'll put the video out to kind of make people feel better I'm sure they're buzzing to get back well it must have been lots of Kane Winks um, skip people talk about in a bit you know must have loved seeing the, the new place yeah absolutely But so we've got one more question um, do you think the beer price at the new stadium will damage the pubs in the surrounding area or will they have to up their game Four pound four ounce is pretty decent. at stayed in venue. That's Baz Daily on on Twitter. Um, the prices at the new place do make you want to stay there all day. Well, so um, they're better than the pubs. Not necessarily better. I mean, not not better than comparable. all of them, but but, but very comparable. Um, I think what Spurs wanted to create was like in America, where you spend the entire day in the stadium. You go to the mega store, you buy your replica gear and the phone fingers. You go into the stadium, you go to the restaurants with your family, you know, your missus and your two kids. Mm. You get food, um, you, know, you get beers for yourself to put up with, you know, being with your missus and your two kids. And I think that's what they want us to be, to be there all day. And I think it's going to be open after the game as well. Two hours. Yeah. Mm. So um, I do feel for the local businesses. Um, 
you know, as luck would have it, a good, well, we'll say, not my best mate, but someone I know fairly well is a landlord at one of the nearby pubs, and he's still fairly buoyant about still making money. I mean, there's still going to be 60,000 people heading that way, so I think there will be enough business to go around. And initially at the start, I will stick to my old routines of a pub walk, a couple of cans, but I'm pretty sure I, I will eventually move towards the st- drinking in the stadium. I think in the short term, it won't affect the pubs. I think there'll be, like you said, there's double the amount of people going. I think long term, it could really fuck up a lot of pubs because yeah. if, they, if the service is good, they continue to keep the prices good. The beer's and good as well. They keep the atmosphere and stuff. They, they will kill some pubs. Honestly, there's a microbrewery there, so the yeah. quality is going to be. 8% beer, man, for fuck's sake. Uh, 8% beer is on sale. Fucking mad. Or is that Beaver Town, is it? Yeah, there's going to be people um, dying. <laughs> well, uh, I. It's, I I can only speak for the one pub that I generally frequent when I used to go Spurs, which was uh, Belanair and previous, uh, now number eight. Number eight. And I felt going in there that I was being fleeced yeah. over and over again. The cost of a can of beer is, is insane. So, look, you need to drop your prices. Mm. You need to fix the way you treat your customers because we had no other option. There were eight or nine pubs around Tottenham. They were all rammed. Now... And I get the issue that Spurs can undersell the beer undercut, or yeah. undercut, undercut local yeah. businesses. But you've been facing us for years. So, you know, maybe selling pub at de- uh, selling beer at a decent rate will keep your custom. But I think people will have the traditions going back to Ireland. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you on that. I stopped going to the number eight pub because I felt like I was being ripped off for a can to drink it in the car park mm. and everything else. So they they will have to sort themselves out. And the good thing is that this stadium will force pubs to improve their service and improve everything. When, else. You, when you first went to Tottenham Bar, what pub did you go to? Or did you always just go alone and just go in and out? I used to go to Bell and Hare. I always went to Bell and so Hare. But it, Bell and Hare wasn't, I don't think, it wasn't that, I don't remember it being as bad as it was until it turned into number eight pub. Oh, I mean, it was bad. The Bell and Hare pub was it's just horrendous. Con- it's just convenient though. Yeah, it's convenient. 2006, 2007, when Berbatov played, there was, and I remember this because we named this area of the car park or the back garden, the Berbatov Spa, because it had just a, a fucking um, bath that had been pulled out and just re- left there for the whole season. <laughs> and it was a convenient bin for, for beer cans. But, <laughs> but apart from that, it was shit. So um, uh, what I would do, if I was a landlord of, of a pub there, I would make this pub the hub of genuine Spurs... <clears throat> match they go in fans mm. no fucking music no bands yeah. if you're going to play music play old Spurs songs and you create an actual authentic experience that differs from what the stadium are offering and I think that's where there's an opportunity rather than it being done I think um, the likes of the two brewers will probably do that I mean I'm a bit of a whore been to most of the pubs in Tottenham apart from LTs and bootlaces mm. but when I first went to Tottenham I went to the corner pin which is now the ticket office and yeah, yeah. Bloody loved it in there. Yeah, I liked it's it. Tiny, it's tiny, but I really, really loved it in there. Um, but no, I agree. I think the pubs have an onus to make it as authentic as they can. Yeah, £4 for a pint of Amstel is cheaper than almost anywhere in London, I think. Yeah, for, for sure. Uh, I don't know what... Is that a joke? <laughs> Coy's Aiden. It made me Coy, laugh. Coy's Aiden on Twitter says, what if the new ground is shit? <laughs> Could you imagine going there and, <laughs> and, and everyone's a bit disappointed? It looks nice, but it doesn't yeah. transfer. Um I mean, if it's shit, we're stuck with it. Exactly. Get on with it. <laughs> no, we really do. Uh, anything else to say? Any other th- lasting thoughts about uh, about the stadium? Um, there's so much things to say, but it's not amazing. Well, 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 I think we've said the, the, the main points. Um, I look at my seat. Um, it's a bit high. I mean, I saw where Alex is sat. 
Mm. And it's like right by the right by the the goal. He's gonna get hit in the face, I reckon. What uh, Alex has got reflexes? I think he's rolled three or four. Alex is Alex is the kind of guy that it'd hit him in the head and he wouldn't even notice. Well, he wouldn't react for about eight (laughs) seconds. (laughs) The ball would just disintegrate on his head. Yeah, he'd think someone had just like tapped on his shoulder or something. Um, We've got Dortmund in the Champions League, and it looks like it might be a push to get them. Uh, get Wild Lane ready in time for that game. Yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't look good. If it if if they don't, and we have to play at Wembley, we, we have to stay at Wembley in the Champions League for the rest of the season. Really, I didn't, yeah. I didn't know that bit. Yeah, that that bit's true. So at least you get a fucking. Crack. And the home leg is first, so yeah, exactly. So the so pressure's on. We are under pressure. It's about getting those safety. Uh, what's it called? The test events, certificates, and all yeah. the stuff passed. Which is, but did it look complete? Did it look finished? I know it some... looked inhabitable. But I don't know. But they have to have two test events, and it's not just if it goes in. We couldn't see past the other side. We don't know what the fuck was going on the on the other on the other. There was a, there's a bit of build, there's a bit of a building site outside Holland. Mm. Mm. So Burnley. Now I put a tweet out after the game saying it would be better for the Premier League if Burnley were relegated from it. That they showed. I've never seen a team come to a an, go to another and show less ambition to actually win the game. Now, the reason why I'm mentioning this is because I got a couple of tweets from other people saying, well, what did you expect them to do? Did you expect them just to bend over for you? And that's the other end of that scale. No, I didn't. Obviously, I expect them to come and defend and defend well. But I expect them to at least try and get something from the game. And I know that well, the way they play was perhaps just one point and that they would have taken it. And of course they would have taken it. But they played five at the back, and it weren't like five with wing backs. It yeah. was a flat a five, flat back five, flat back <laughs> five, and then a flat four in front of that five. And then who was the forward? Barnes was it? Barnes, and then and then Chris Wood was it? Chris Wood. Chris Wood yeah, came Chris Wood on, came on, and he was playing as in the position of a maybe a ten, but at, at yeah. stretch an eight. And and it was like, well, what are we doing? You're stinking this out. You're stinking it out. It, well, it, you, in fairness to them, it worked last year. They got a point out of us. Yeah. So you could see why they were doing it. And they've been shit this year. So they, they had no other game plan. They don't have any other... They don't have any quality in their team. But, the, but they, it was awful. They reminded me of, like, peak West Brom. And when Bro- West Brom came and properly stunk the place out and played wretched football, they got punished for it in the end and they got relegated. And hopefully... Hopefully there's not three other teams more shit than uh, Burnley and they survive. They deserve, they deserve to go for that. Do you see on Match of the Day, and I understand why they're doing it, I really do, <clears throat> but we're playing in a, the best league in the world, watched by the most amount of people, and we're one of the best attacking sides in the world, and they just... It, they defended brilliantly, don't get me wrong, they did, but it stunk. The game fucking stunk. It might have been, um, it might have been a middle finger from Dutch to his chairman, because um, they've only got a limited amount of money, Mm. But they bought a new training ground, I believe. But maybe he thought, well, look, this is what we've got to do because of um, the, the support I've had. But yeah. I do think as well we've got to look at our own thoughts. I think if Le- if um, Lamella had scored that chance quite early on in the first half, mm. Sun missed opportunities. So Burnley was shit, but we weren't great. I know it's on the back of a, a hard week and everything else that's it's gone hard. on. It's hard, though. It's really hard but to play in against that. I, I don't think we. I don't think we helped the the situation either. We were we were pretty loose with the ball. Mm. Well, it was a much changed team, wasn't it? Yeah, not, it was. mu- not much changed, but we had like um, what one fit centre back. <laughs> yeah, Ben Ben Davies uh, uh, left back. I mean, he didn't have to do anything. We could have played, we could have played no one there. People could talking about Wales. That's a back three. It's not yeah. the same thing. It's very different. Yeah, it's a different system completely. Um, 
uh, Oliver Skip. Actually, before we go on to Oliver Skip, um, what? How did you feel when Ericsson scored? Was it just well utter relief? I think I think me and Bardi were in the same boat in that we were streaming the game, yeah, and we saw we knew that the goal had gone in before our team had caught up. Mm. So it's a bit like. Yes. All right. Let me see the goal again in real life. Yes, again. <laughs> I've got that beat, right? I left my uh, charger at home and I went to my missus and I watched it on my computer and it got to the 90th minute and my battery died. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm under the impression we've just drawn to Burnley, expected yeah. all the tweets and I just thought, oh, let me just check, look, check the sky app and it says Ericsson one. Oh, you must have fucking loved that. I did. I did love it. I was Because I, 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 I was watching it with my missus and I was just saying, like, fucking, I was trying to explain to her what Burnley were doing and yeah. why that was like, so infuriating from a Spurs fan's perspective and then I was like oh fuck Ericsson <laughs> it was incredible and a great goal as well it's actually it's a really clinical. well worked, worked goal and can we give props to Lorente yeah so he did two great he, he did two great things he did two great things in that game he set up uh, Lamella where, yeah. which nice. was a lovely kind of chest and that other layoff to um, to Ericsson to finish in a really almost identical way to we did against Inter yeah mm. yeah um, but Lorente, if he does that, doesn't matter whether he scores or not, if he offers an option, then that's something. He's slowly becoming an effective substitute, which is something quite amazing. Yeah. We're probably, so probably going to sell him now because... He looked really happy. <laughs> he looked really happy, didn't he? He looked, he looked all right. I mean, he has become effective. He's come off the bench and influenced games now. I had no idea he came on. He came on against Barcelona as well. It's like yeah. a game changer. Yeah, he is. He is. Uh, <laughs> M- Mama on Twitter, he says, Oliver Skip becomes the first player to start a game for our first team, having been born after January 1st, 2000. Fuck me. Is that right? My question is this. Just how old does that make you feel? Now, all Fucking three of us old. remember the Millennium Bug and the hype yeah, before you, that shit happened. You're old enough to remember that. Do you know what I remember about <laughs> New Year's Eve in, on, the, on the Millennium uh, 2000? Um, I went, as you do when you're like, how old would I have been? Eight, 17, 17, 18, 18. 18. <laughs> And uh, we went out London, and it was fucking crazy. Yeah, and my mates, uh, Tuco, his name was. Uh, well, I break it bad. Uh, is there someone called Tuco in that? Uh, I don't know. Um, he smokes a spliff, and we weren't. We hadn't had no real experience of drugs, and he got crushed in the going across a bridge, and just passed out on the floor and started fitting. So that was. Uh, that was my two thousand year two thousand. My two thousand because at the time I had a girlfriend who was born on January the first, and um, we went to a house party. She was got proper battered, and um, obviously you're thinking, you know, you're eighteen, you got a girlfriend, it's, it's the millennium, you're gonna you're gonna get something, mm. and but she got really battered, and uh, it was her birthday, happy birthday, and I remember her as they were singing happy birthday to her, she just started fucking throwing up everywhere. So I, I took her up took her up to the room. Oh, God. <laughs> no, fuck's sake. It's not going that way. For <laughs> oh, fuck's sake. You do this to yourself. <laughs> Went upstairs, yeah. and I was just like, come on. <laughs> no, on, what? No, like, you can't... Wake, wake up. <laughs> you can't well, I'm going to put this in you. <laughs> no. And I remember having to, like... Fucking hell! I'm, I'm sorry, not, sorry, but what did you do? Did you take care of her? No, I took care of her, and I remember like giving her Colgate, like because she, because she, 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 oh, because she spewed her. Like, yeah, she came. What, back so she to was life. past eight, and you was shoving toothpaste. In her <laughs> no, I waited till she came round. Right, that is that is mental. For did for you, New Year's Eve, did you make love that night? No, no, oh, well. she was she was um, very Catholic. Well, for, for, well, did you ever make love to? It took um, a good solid ten months of courting, and then <laughs> got a lot of blowjobs. <laughs> 
lot of blowjobs, man. It was. Did uh, you fuck her ear? Did you fuck her ear? No, I didn't fuck her. But he would go out, and I would purposely pick a pub or the restaurant that would be near like um, a set of alleyways or allotments because she was she was always up for that. Oh, kind of shit. Well, I mean, you didn't mind to the A to Z or something. There's no sat nav back then. Oh, I knew the area. I can't believe that I've known you this long, bud, and you've told me so many stories, but they're still new ones, and I love it. It was only when I saw January the first two thousand, I was like, oh, I remember her. Trans- transported backwards. You know what? On a complete opposite scale to that do you know where I spent New Year's Eve January 1st 2000 yeah. I, went to, I went to church church that's what I used to do fuck see the, see the New Year went in church what do you were you in a choir do you still do that no 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 black church but it's ain't no bloody <laughs> it's ain't no catholic what's church, it called charismatic church. charismatic church pentecostal pentecostal so, so is it uh, without one hallelujah and sister right, right. oh shit what, um, but then what I would do I'm let me, let me yeah. So we do that first, and we go there in our clothes that we're going to rave in. Right. So when we always go there, like, or just at night, go, to, go church, church, service finishes, get in a car, go to a rave. Nice. So I went to a dance in Hendon. Um, Bardi might know this, but there's a place in North West London called the Welsh Harp. Oh, it's gone now, it's been bulldozed. Oh my God. Yeah. So look, to listen, what, what is it? What, what is a Welsh Harp? It was because there's a behind it. There's a massive lake or something called the Welsh Harp. So they named the pub after that. No, that's not a pub. It's just the area called the Welsh Harp. So, okay. well, yeah. So essentially, the the, the, the dance was held near then. It was half empty, mm. and it wasn't. I don't remember enjoying it very much. Um, I had this suit that I bought especially for it, and the jacket was kind of like three quarter. Le- the, the blazer that was like the three picture, quarter length. The picture we've seen of you when you was uh, young was that you was much younger then. Might be, might be. Yeah, looks like a it's very, very, very two thousands. <laughs> That's why uh, I remember that. But anyways, all of us get kind of like gone completely <laughs> off beast. Um, there's another right? question. There's another, another question. question about him. Simon J. Fraser. Great it, question. Is it just me or does Skip look like a proper chair sniffer? <laughs> <laughs> Got a re- right resting creep face. <laughs> I reckon he's done things in a past life. Handy player, though. <laughs> <laughs> I love that bit. Yeah. Handy player. Um, yeah, he has got an odd face. But, it, I mean, let's not focus on that. He's young. He'll grow into it. He needs to. All he of like, he does it like he, he's from Ricelip. So, <laughs> uh, if uh, any of our American listeners, Ricelip say, well, it's not far from you, actually, T, is it? It's, it's a place in um, like North West London. Very working mm. class. Very working Zone class. five. Yeah. Uh, <coughs> um, uh, what did you think of his debut? Was you surprised? Uh, the thing is, I was not worried at all. And I've never seen him play, apart from that cameo against Inna. I, I was absolutely not worried because I feel like if Poch has faith in him then so do I I spent the whole game trying to wind Windy up but Windy, Windy never bit it's yeah. a bit annoying really it said the shit should be taken off yeah. when he got taken off I kind of rejoiced but um, <laughs> he did alright I mean it's a difficult game um, you know did it, eight, playing, 18 years old yeah but they're playing five defence five defenders five midfielders essentially so mm. two banks of five I'll tell you what he looked like he looked like a like a a busy workman-like midfielder and I, and I hope and I'm sure I'll be proved to be wrong because I said the similar thing about Winks mm. that there's more strings to that bow and there was a moment really early in the first half where he got the ball in a tight situation and he tried to dribble out of it and I even though he got tackled and it set, set up a counter I did kind of admire that ambition but I think from then on he just kept it a bit too simple and against a team like Burnley keeping it simple doesn't help anybody mm. uh, I can there's something you're going to be happy about mm-hmm. Dyer's out till January yeah, well, maybe isn't that long. It's maybe that three. was the reason why he's been shit. It's the appendicitis. <laughs> he's had appendicitis all season. <laughs> Play for it. Um, run it off. <laughs> it does. It does force us to play a different midfield, um, which could 
be good. Well, know. the rebirth of Sissoko makes that not as bad as it could have been. Mm, another decent game, I thought. Is that, you know, he's, he's actually got a fairly decent assist rate. I don't know what a figure is, but I keep looking. I've been looking at old goals and stuff we scored. Spurs' uh, Instagram account. Yeah, you were looking at the Burnley game at yeah. White Hart Lane, weren't you? Yeah, yeah, it was a yeah. nice assist. Yeah, so it was Danny, Danny Rose, wasn't yeah. it? Danny Rose did an yeah. amazing dummy to leave it to, to Sissoko. Mm. We were fucking flying that year. Um, but yeah, no, no, fucking, I've got nothing but praise for Sissoko now. So. No, I like it. I reckon if he was like, is there a thing called a second assist? Does this exist? Yeah. I mean, it, it does exist. <clears throat> I reckon Sissoko's got a few of those. Mm. Yeah. But um, if you try and thumb your penis into your own ass, then you, you're you into second assist. A floppy penis, yeah. Yeah. Can you do that? Um, not quite, no. I think the ch- my toad is a bit long. Yeah. So I've got really kind of quite a long gooch, so it's impossible. Yeah. <laughs> What's a gooch? Toad, gooch, same thing. The yeah. gap between oh, your okay. ball bag and your arsehole. The perineum. Yeah, if you... Yeah. If you're medical. Yeah. Does that sort of turn you on, that kind of medical chat? <laughs> no. When did you leave your virginity? Late, man. It was with um, 2000 Girl. How late? 18? Yeah, I was 18. I was 18. Yeah. I never reveal mine ever. You was uh, six. <laughs> no. Okay, uh, we're going to break now for Windy and then we're going to go and preview the Arsenal game. Yeah. Windy, back to draw the fucking knowledge, blood. I see you, I've got your back. Hi, this is Windy, back with the weekly youth update, looking at our young players and players out on loan. And I was delighted to see Oliver Skip in the starting lineup this weekend. Big step for him, being trusted to play from the start, making his full Premier League debut. And I thought he didn't disappoint. Perhaps a little nervy to start off with, but certainly he grew into the game. And you can tell from his uh, teammates' willingness to give him the ball in tight spaces that they fully trust his ability. There's plenty more to come from Skip, particularly with the current injury crisis we have with Dembele, Wanyama and now Eric Dyer missing over the Christmas period. Which brings me on to my second point, which is, aside from Skip, we might see some other young players get an opportunity in the middle of our midfield. So there are four potential players who might get a look in. Firstly, you have George Marsh, who's a 20-year-old defensive midfielder who's been training with the first-team squad and was involved in pre-season. Marsh is a very... um, tenacious central midfield player who will give everything uh, for, for the team. I would say he's less technically sound than some of his teammates, but makes up for that with his tactical astuteness and, and uh, his positional play. He's a very solid, reliable performer who's often played at centre-back as well, despite not being the biggest. And I'm sure that if Marsh were called upon, he'd do a, an adequate job in covering in central midfield. Ultimately, I think he's destined for a career probably around League One, but there's no reason to think that he couldn't fill in if required. Uh, also, second... Uh, closest to the first team squad I presume is Jamie Bowden who's 17 so Marsh is the 1998 born player Jamie Bowden is 2001 I really like Bowden I like his style he's a sort of Carrick-esque player who uses the ball very sensibly at the base of midfield reads the game well intercepts well and looks to pass into the feet of creative players in the final third Um, yeah lots to like and admire about Bowden I wouldn't be at all surprised to see him get onto the bench at some point Next up would be um, Harvey White, who's a player you might know the name of because he was mentioned in the Guardian article about players to watch. And White's a strange one in that he was originally a number 10 and has moved back into defensive midfield now, also via left-back and and centre-back. He's played both roles. 
and White's known for his set pieces, firstly, a really good uh, free kick specialist who scored goals this year from direct set piece, from direct free kicks. White's um, slightly more creative, perhaps, than Bowden. Uh, left-footed, very talented. I like I like what I see in, in, in Harvey White. I think he's a good player. And the fourth player that might get a look in is Paris Magoma, another 2001-born player, uh, more of an attacking midfielder, sort of box-to-box, who gets in the ball and runs with it and, and tries to make things happen. In a similar vein to Josh Onoma, I suppose, in terms of his ability to run with the ball through the middle of midfield. Um Magoma's not a player that I was originally that keen on, but this season he's been terrific. He's been a go-to guy in lots of the games he's played in, and there's no denying that Magoma's looked very impressive for the under-18s and also 23s this year, and he's been a, a key player in the Checker Trade Trophy also for the under-21s. Under um, so, yeah, there's, there's four players there who might get a look in over the Christmas period given our injury situation. Let's hope that if they do get a chance, that they do themselves proud because, as we know with Spurs, those opportunities don't come around too often, so you have to stake a claim when they do. That's it for this week. If you're interested in more young players, follow me on Twitter at WindyCoys. That's Coys for Colony Spurs. Second half of the Fighting Cup podcast. Thank you very much, Windy. Good job, Windy. Talking about a couple of our young players again, which is nice. I kind of like the change in tone to it. You know what, um... I've not mentioned this so far, but I've actually just come up from holiday, and um, I was on I was on the beach, you know, knocking, you know, kicking a football around, and a bloke says um, one of his relatives has been signed up by. I'm not going to say his name in case yeah, yeah, yeah. he's lied to me. Yeah, yeah. But he's just mad up. Everyone seems to, you know, what, a Jamaican kid. No, no, no. He's he's from the UK. This guy's from the UK. Oh right, so, so he was on saw, holiday. He saw me and some, me and my girlfriend's boy kicking a ball around. Yeah. And he says, oh, well, did you have a Spurs shirt on? And he came up to you. Is that how he knew? No, he, he, he just said, oh, you know, who do you guys support? And we said, we both said Spurs. And he yeah. said, oh, yeah, you know, my nephew plays for Spurs. He's 15 years old. He's been signed up and he's going to be, might be the next big thing. Oh, wow. Hmm. That's incredible. I'm going to ask Wendy what, about the guy's name just to. Yeah, definitely do. That would be interesting. We could kind of follow him through his. Uh his development yeah if he ends up shit then they never happened yeah, all, but, that's why I'm not saying his name because yeah. in case yeah, yeah. buy a percentage in him like they do in South America <laughs> yeah. party owners that, maybe that's the next stage of the fighting cock is I to kind of so. start owning can you imagine people. we sponsor football you know, you know in non-league football programmes yeah every player is sponsored by some local company like I don't know random <laughs> random steel yeah yeah he can do that to a footballer yeah <laughs> non-league player for <laughs> Haringey um, speaking, <laughs> speaking of sponsorships the Fighting Cops backed by fans a bit um, they've got this quality thing actually so they're, they're doing a kind of they do these kind of short based fantasy football type things we tweeted about it and there's a link if you want to go and join it but it's this weekend's football barring the Arsenal and Liverpool game I think um, but basically they've got 50k to give away um, and it's just this weekend so by Sunday night you if you enter your team depending on how, that, how it performs over the weekend you get a share of 50,000 and it's free to enter as well. So there's a link on our um, on our Twitter. Go and have a look at it and sign up. And if you do, obviously, it helps Spurs and... Uh, sorry, it helps the fighting cock. And you um, you don't have to pay anything. You just sign up, register, play the fantasy f- football game and you've got a chance of winning a share of 50k. I think there was... At the moment, there's like 300 people entered and I think the top 20% earn money out of it. So there you go. it's well worth doing. If you like fantasy football, if you fancy you, th- that you know a little bit about it, then go and have a look on it. Uh, otherwise, um, if you want to flutter at football, and you will anyway, uh, fans better a good organisation because half of their profits go back to fan-led um, <laughs> uh, organisations, but kind of events. So in January, 
fans that have paid for all the tickets for the Fighting Cock Social, so we will have details on that. Anyone wants to come to that, all they have to do is register for a ticket, but we'll, we'll release the details in, in, in good time. Um, we've got Arsenal, again. Yes, we do. Um... And we've been great since since <laughs> since that game. But what happened to Arsenal yesterday? Oh, yeah. <laughs> they got beat, didn't they? Oh, God, yes. <laughs> so again, I didn't know, right? I didn't know about this. So I, uh, we went, I went to Bristol to see my brother. And um, driving along, and I said to myself, can you just check the Arsenal score, please? I had no idea. I knew they were playing Southampton, obviously. And I'm driving along on the motor, and it's absolutely torrential rain. I mean, it's dangerous. That's how, how much it was raining. And I looked across, and I just saw a glimpse 3-2. And I grabbed her hand and I said, please tell me that says 3 <laughs> And she went, yes, it says 3 And I was like, yeah, he's screaming. She's got fucking eyes on her own. It was, it was an incredible feeling. Because uh, obviously they had that 22-game unbeaten run. In that was some fucking dross, to be fair. Well, they're, they're still well above us in the league after all that. Yeah, nothing. And now they're, they're playing some fucking weird... It shows the state of their club that they're counting games against Carabag and Burn, uh, and Bradford and shit like that in their 22-run. Uh, 22 they feel like us. Like five, six years ago. I can't help thinking this. Yeah, it feels like the roles are reversed completely. Because we did that under under uh, Redknapp in 2010. We had this really long unbeaten run and people were putting up the form in letters. Um, but uh, I, what I loved about that, that, that defeat to Southampton is that their defence, although they were missing two or three... Yeah, I think they got five defenders injured. Completely exposed. Shoney's first game back... Three crosses from Southampton, great crosses to be fair. <coughs> mm. And uh, apart from obviously the dink over for was it Shane Long who went down the right and crossed it. Uh, Leno's positioning was horrendous. Um, yeah, it was for the free kick that we scored um, when Dar scored. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it was great. It was great. It's a great weekend. There's nothing better than Spurs winning and them losing. We're now five points above them. That's beautiful. It's and a nice gap. Five points is a solid gap. And with the the fixtures we've got, barring Everton away, which is going to be tricky. Uh, although Watford did alright there they should have won so you know we could probably get a result up there we were in a, a good position but so yeah going into this game um, League Cup I anticipate wholesale changes and playing a very weak side oh, well, <laughs> Pochettino I've just stuff. seen him do it before the similar back situation might change that a little because Alderweire was the only fit one Davis ain't the centre back so if the tongue didn't fit well, he had a virus, didn't he? So maybe he'll recover will he'll play sufficiently. Um, Juan Foyth, I don't know if he just got dropped. Didn't no, he's he injured. Any... I was injured? Yeah, he's got an injury. Oh, that's not good. Um, and Sanchez is still injured, obviously. Yeah, Sanchez is out for a fair amount of time. Uh, I've just seen... I've, we've played Arsenal in the League Cup with Pochettino before, and he played Fazio at the back. Yeah. Do you remember it? Never forget that day. Yeah. Vardy never stopped talking about yeah, it. I don't, I mean, I, there was just something amazing about the build-up to that game because Arsenal was shit and it was just like... I remember being in the Beehive and going, fuck, you know, this is a good day to play Arsenal. Mm. And then just hearing Fazio yeah. start. It's just like, no. Did Flamini score that day? Yeah, he scored. Was he scored. Was it 1-0? No, 2-1 no, we lost. 2-1. What, uh, so what, what do you anticipate the team being? I think, um, I think Kane will probably be on the bench. I think we'll probably start Lorente. Um, Sun will play it will be Ericsson. Sun um, Ericsson can, might be on the bench I think we'll play Sun Sun, Lamella, Lorento maybe will be our, our front Lucas, that's not bad that's not bad I can deal with that midfield Skip plays again probably yeah I think so I think it might be, is Winks fit? Skip, and, skip Winks and Sissoko well, maybe. Sissoko's played every minute of the last month he's not going to play man is built what, what is it what are we talking about when Sissoko we're saying rest Sissoko it's insane give him a break it's absolutely insane uh, Trippier won't play 
Carl Walker Peters probably. Part of me is like, if they play Shaka in centre back, we should just fuck it, play Kane and just mm. let Kane own him. Mm. Um, yeah, we're gonna have Carl Walker Peters, probably the Tongan if he's fit. Uh, Foyth's injured, maybe a. Oh, what then? Might... The semis though, man, because the semis is two legs, still, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. I'd prefer that. I just don't like. I don't like a one-off game at their place, and that's to be settled on the night. But if that, that team I just said, so we got. So if you play a team of, it'd be Gazaniga probably. Uh, and then you've got on the right it's uh, Carl Walker-Peters Aldevarod um, Vertonghen and Ben Davies yeah. and then in midfield you've got Skip and probably Sissoko maybe Winks although I don't think you'll play both of those I think Winks and, I think that's a fair midfield chance and then, and then that, that front line of Son Lamella Lucas and Lorente Lorente yeah, could, could even be Delhi as well I think that's enough. I think that's 12 players, though. Oh, is it? Well, Let's sneak them on and see what happens. That, that's enough. And obviously, this is massively important to them because they don't, they, they mm. were so gloated, like, they give it us. And fair play. But this would be lovely, even if it is just the League Cup. And I'd but quite like to win the fucking it thing. Would be, it would be, it's just the rivalry has evolved so much. Um, I mean, we'll get to the question in a bit. But I do feel that the players don't see Arsenal as the biggest game. But it, but do you know the fans do? I think the fans see Arsenal as the biggest game. I don't think the players do. I don't agree. And I think the ruck in the last game maybe changed my way of thinking a bit. Yeah. But I think the players see Chelsea as a bigger game. The players care more about Chelsea. Whoa. And I think since the Battle of the Bridge, those games have a bit more needle to it than Spurs v Arsenal mm. does. That's, that's how I feel. But how do you feel as a fan? Well, I think I think it's been long documented how I feel about Arsenal mm. and. I will. I don't hate Chelsea and West Ham half as much as Arsenal. Not, not even a quarter. Yeah, yeah. Anything, buddy? The Arsenal shirt makes me angry. You know, it, 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 does, it does something to me. <laughs> even the, even JF, uh, JVC, I can't own or do anything with JVC. I, I going into the league game, like I was, I had butterflies for a couple of weeks, and getting over the pain afterwards was tough to deal with. I was. Um, but this game, because it is the League Cup, it's weird, isn't it? It's like you kind of... It's still Arsenal and you want to beat them, but it, less, the stakes are not as high. I think if we didn't... If we weren't winless in the game since the loss, it would have felt a bit more important than it does. And then the fact that we're going to go into Christmas being above them in the league... Nah, softens, it, softens it a touch. I want us to smash them to nah, fuck. Yeah, I want, to, I, I want to smash them. I want I, us to smash them. But it's like, if we lose that role, we're above in the league anyway. Fuck you. Nah, nah, we can't lose two on a bounce too, that, no, that quickly. We've we got to do them. Well, it has to be a result. It can't I, be a draw. I yeah, stand yeah. with Flav on this. Yeah, fuck we've got to do them. I do stand with Flav as well. I'm, I'm just saying that defence mechanisms and shit is football, isn't it? What, mm. when we did, you, you was at the live show, weren't you? We, yeah. we asked uh, Paul Robinson. I um, don't know why it came into my head. But I was asking him about his hatred of uh, Arsenal, and I said, uh, "If if you when you see a kid walking down the street in an Arsenal shirt, do you think prick? Because <laughs> that's what I think." Yeah, same. Uh, and that's probably not right. <clears throat> I mean, as a child, no, it's not on. Though, but but fuck uh, him. yeah, no, yeah, exactly. Fuck him. Because you're really kind of looking at his dad and, and the terrible work that he's done. We, we posted an article actually today on the Fighting Cop. We started posting articles again, and. Uh, Anyone listening to this don't realise we've got an Instagram account, uh, Twitter if you're not on Twitter, love the shirt, uh, and Facebook as well. So go over to our Instagram account, we're going to be doing much more stuff on there. Um, but, fuck, I forgot, where am I? You are talking about an article we posted? Yeah, an article a, a guy wrote about... Um, His kids are in Arsenal. Yeah, I've not read the article. About yeah. teaching the kids to, uh, to support Spurs. 
You're 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 a father. Team. I am, yeah. Uh, but you're you're of the opinion that you're not going to force him to be Spurs unless he wants to. Well, he's he's two, so it's not. That's old. It's, it's not quote unquote <laughs> sentient <laughs> to to know to hate them yet or not. So, well, um, maybe not hating Arsenal, but, be, but being um, a Spurs fan. No, I, I mean he's got all the gear. I mean, yesterday I bought a couple of bits from the ground, you know, for, mm. for him. Um, I would like him to support Spurs, but I hate Arsenal. Yeah, you can support any other club. Just hate Arsenal. Yeah, yeah. I saw, but I think um, no, I think it's important. Um, yesterday made me think an awful lot in the sense that this is going to be the ground I take my take my son to. This is going to be the ground that he's going to see. He's going to have all those memories, and it's a it's a big responsibility. Mm. And I don't know. For me, it's important. But football supporters has evolved so much now. Yeah, you know? it's different. You got to kind of compete with the kind. Because in light of what happened to to Ryan Sterling, not about the racism, yeah, but yeah. the vitriol for fans towards a player, people say, "Well, it's a bit much," but it somewhat makes it what it is. Not going into racism or bigotry or any of that, but I think if there's less of that hatred, as long as it doesn't go over the line, then it'll be a bit be, be rubbish, wouldn't it? Mm. Become a bit like insipid. Yeah. yeah. What, uh, T, your stepson used to support another team. And, he did. Uh, but, uh, so, how did you go about that indoctrination? No, I didn't force him. And I was going to say, I didn't force him. I just said, um, I will not fund you supporting that team. Mm. I will not buy you any of their replica gear for Christmas or your birthdays. I will not take you to watch that team. And you will get no Christmas dinner. <laughs> yeah, and I just said, I yeah. said, look, this is it. It'll be, it'll be, it'll be, it'll support them. But you're going to stop. It would be like it would, it would be like um, doing a baptism with a selfish stick. Yeah. With a selfish stick, it's just on the kid's um, fucking vest, and it dips him into the water. It dips him out. It would, it would be like that. So yeah. it's like you know what? Yeah, if you're not going to support Tottenham, fair enough. But don't put me to the bank roll it. Yeah, yeah. And eventually, I mean, to be fair, Spurs improved. I mean, he's all of his skip stage, funny enough now. So and you took him a couple of times, didn't you? I took him a fair few times, and um, I think he saw that Spurs were improving. There were players that he liked. I mean. Spurs are an easier sell now than they were 10 years ago because yeah, yeah. every kid loves Deli Alli. Mm. Even people who don't support Spurs love Deli Alli because he's just, he's marketable in that way, you know. Mm. He's good looking, he speaks well, does the Fortnite dances and um, no, Spurs, Spurs are an easier sell now. Much, much easier. Uh, Stefan Freund Free on Twitter, he says, it's the Champions League final day and Spurs are, the great, uh, are there against Liverpool. You have a tropical disease affecting your cock and it's the only, way, only day for the penis-saving surgery can take place. Do you go to the game knowing there is a chance your cock could fall off or do the one-time-only surgery? I did a surgery, man. Yeah, I, I, I like my penis. I, I think I, it depends. I, I, I love my penis more than Tottenham. There's, not many, things, I mean, there's not many things I like more I than mean, Tottenham. I, I probably do as well, to be fair. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, yeah. I, um, you are. How about you? <laughs> you fucking answer that. That is true. Yeah. Well, you should answer that. I, I think I'd... I think I'd go for the surgery because I just, just the fear, the fear we, of what could happen in well, the yeah, game and, and my cock. And we, could, and we could lose. So you get no cock and lose the Champions League final. Like, imagine that hangover. You wake up and you look <laughs> over and it's like, finally the gangrene is all, all encompassing. Just like a Ken doll, nothing there. Yeah, that'd be fucking dreadful. All right, boys. Oh, what is, oh, we've got uh, James C. Diamond on Reddit. He says, given the way Woolwich fans responded to our match with Barcelona, can you ever imagine the time when another rivalry might supplant, supplant, supplant. Supplant. supplant sorry, the one we have with them? Would it survive and the same bite if we went for a bad spell and dropped that down the table or even out of the Premier League for a prolonged period? That's where my Chelsea 
about the, the theory about the Chelsea and the players came in from from, from that question. Right. In, so is he asking if another rivalry would survive a? Uh, well, would 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 usurp Arsenal? So would we hate? Chelsea or West Ham or Leicester or Liverpool more? I think the people that hate Chelsea um, are involved or very interested in the antics that used to go on outside of uh, football stadia where people would fight each other. So there was a big rivalry between Chelsea and then in recent times, obviously, the way Chelsea have been behaved towards Spurs fans, which is kind of apt at the time, given the year stuff. Um, But... The history with Arsenal Spurs doesn't go away. You can't create something else. It is, it, it is, and will always be the the key rivalry in Tottenham's. Uh, as far as Tottenham fans are concerned, in my opinion, for me, it will always be. I, I fucking hate the guts. I mean, if there's one thing that's come clear this last couple of weeks, is that they're they're such begs. They're begging for a rivalry because all of a sudden they've never had a real identity. But at least Wenger gave them something, and they could something they could cling on to. Now they've got Emery, they've just become another club that swaps their managers. They have nothing. The only thing they have is is us, and they are properly obsessed with us. I like that, though. Yeah, I Because Chelsea be. don't have a proper rivalry, and neither do um, West Ham. West Ham have Millwall. Millwall are hardly ever in the same league. So they're not a rivalry. Chelsea have QPR and Fulham. Who also are not in the same not the same side of the club or in the same league. So Chelsea have to kind of go further afield to find a rival. But you're talking about a club that refu- they, for years they refused to acknowledge our existence. They're like, you're not our rivals, Man United are. Now all of a sudden, they don't even give a shit about Man United anymore. So, they just care about us. But I think they always did, but they used it as that, as a kind of stick to beat us with, weren't yeah. it? Um, and that was a trophy thing. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I used to watch like a hawk Arsenal. Yeah. What, what are they doing? What? Now I've got to the stage now where... It, it Unless does, I know they're losing, then I keep an eye on it. Otherwise, it, I don't give a shit. It, it was, it, it was. It, they were always in the ether when they were above us. They, of course, because that was the most important game, and, and the feeling of getting one over them when they were better than us was incredible. Mm. And it does. It, I wouldn't say dilute it, but it changes the the rivalry somewhat. And um, I just want to say though, when with football and with fans, the, and and kind of society generally, how relevant you are. Is generally a, a kind of understanding of how important you are, or, or there's a there's a correlation between the two. Spurs and, and relevancy is the, the, defined by how many eyes you have on you and how people the, the, the emotion that you create and conjure in other people. So Spurs are hated by West Ham, Arsenal, and Chelsea, and, Chelsea, and they will always be, and now Liverpool mm. to a certain extent. So regardless of where we are in the season or where we are in the league, we'll always be more relevant than all of these football clubs. It's Absolutely, 100%. Um, a Chelsea fan actually tweeted that, saying, look, Spurs are fucking cunts. Look at the amount of clubs are here. And I'm like, well, that's good. Mm. That's good. Yeah. You don't hate people that are irrelevant. I mean... Indifferent. You don't hate fucking Blythe Spartans. I mean, I was probably a Blythe Spartans fan listening to this podcast. But Ooh, Bournemouth. The fucking Blythe Spartans. They're a team in the North East who reached the FA Cup sixth round in 1978. Fuck Chris Creston's and shit. <laughs> so, no, no one hates Bournemouth. No one hates Fulham. If you hate no. it, then you're irrelevant. If you, yeah. if you create that much bile, that yeah. much hatred, then, then, then you're irrelevant. And you said it a great once. Spit in my mouth. Yeah, yeah spitting it over and over again with phlegm. <laughs> All right, boys, I think that's it for the Fighting God podcast. It's been a lovely, lovely time chatting with you guys. Cathartic. Yeah, Thank, you. Thank you. Thank uh, you. Until uh, after the uh, North London Derby Thursday, we're going to be putting out another podcast, hopefully a very happy one. 
Um, but otherwise, uh, keep buying the t-shirts. Been really great. Everybody picking those up. And um, yeah, sign up for fans a bit if you can. Peace. Podcast Network. Sports Social 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 Podcast Network. Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help. Like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV. Even help with homeowners' or renters' coverage. Plus, add an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and GEICO is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Sports Social Podcast Network.